0: Guys, this episode is brought to you by Arizona Arnold Palmer Light. Mmm. Yuck. (laughs) That tastes like something that attracts bugs. (laughs) That you put out for the buggies so they'll stop (laughs) messing with you. Or like a citronella candle. Sure. (laughs) Like it tastes like a citronella candle smells. Like drinking candles is a problem in the insect community. Welcome back to Kicking and Streaming, where you cannot win a marathon without putting some band-aids on your nipples. I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And this week we are talking about the 2011 full-ass film. <laughs> I like that. Horrible Bosses. Yay! God, the subtitle for this movie is White Men Acting Stupid. <laughs> I mean, like, isn't that the subtitle for a lot of movies? Yeah, like, I mean, God, this... most of cinema just white men acting stupid? This is a shit show from beginning to end. And guys, th- I think that's going to kind of be our... Thing this month Just fool ass films Like we are just Some of the most Meaningless Stupid comedy You've ever seen Come out of the early 20th century I'm honestly excited Like, it's just... And we saw it all, as children. We did! (laughs) We should not have. Before we get started, don't forget, go follow us on Twitter at kicknstream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. You can write the show at kickingandstreamingpodcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. And don't forget, folks, remember to practice the three R's. Rate, review, retweet. Rate, review, retweet. We want everyone to be able to join our little watch party.
1: you woman? it's 8 15 a.m it's 18 year old scott (laughs) if you want a promotion you gotta earn it
2: did i tell you that Harkin tricked me into having a drink at eight o'clock this morning unless your boss isn't sexually harassing you see if this thing's working
0: oh i can make out our little friend right
1: there oh shabbat shalom somebody's circumcised
2: you know yours doesn't sound that bad we need to trim some of the fat what do you mean by trim the fat i want you to fire the fat people you can start with large marge marge can you come in here please what i thought he was going to give you a promotion
1: yeah no he is i have decided who i want to be our new vice president of sales me what do you say nick Uh, please we're in the middle of the meeting that's all right i'll just attribute
2: this to your drinking problem you would have to admit our lives would be easier if our bosses weren't alive you can fire professor xavier you mean hank creeps me out rolling around all day in a special little secret chair i don't care how bad our bosses are we're not murderers this little sweetheart right here my fiance is gonna get a peek at my little photo album you did all this while i was unconscious I gotta hire a professional. Does anyone here kill people for money? I'm gonna
1: be your murder consultant. Word. You wanna pull off a brilliant murder? It's gotta look like it's an accident. Ah!
2: You gotta be smart. It's gotta be worth, what, $15,000? I feel like everything's gonna work out. Look how fast I'm picking out this crap, you know? I'm moving, like, super fast. I can't even feel my nose. Find them vulnerable. (gasps) Peanuts? That was a peanut butter sandwich. Are you not good with peanuts? Whoa, whoa, look at this. (laughs) My boss, who we're planning to kill, is dying in front of you when you saved his life? Well, that sounds bad when you say it like that. I was surveilling her boss. She's, She's incredibly hot. Don't un- talk un- about how hot so- she is. She makes herself a little snack, a popsicle, a banana, and finally, a hot dog. And eating them in that weird order, that's not a proper meal. It's cold to hot. I can crush you any time I want.
1: Explain why you're doing 61 in a 25
2: zone. I was drag racing
1: in a Prius.
2: I don't win a lot.
0: Okay, guys, so this movie came out in what, summer 2011? I think so, you, yeah. Right after you graduated? hmm And so, wow. Yeah. That, this movie this summer will be 10 years old. Stop that. Wow, Carrie, can you believe that? I actually just became physically ill, sick to my stomach, so thank you very much. I'm 24 now, which means I was 14 when this movie came out. Oh, my God. And my parents <laughs> thought this might be fun, funny. It's a comedy. It's a dark comedy. It, it was billed as a comedy. My parents were like, oh, we'll take Ross to see it. <laughs> He's 14 it's, years old. My 14-year-old ass and both of my parents. And you know, it's whack right from the get-go. Oh my God. And especially when it gets to Jennifer Aniston's part, my parents were like sinking in their seats. Because they, how, it has a rating. Yeah. Ted, Julie, it has a rating. <laughs> like remember that time mom bought you stand by me just because it had kids on the cover yeah she thought it'd be fun for your 12th birthday julie mac i love you i love you too mom purest intentions (laughs) but anyway (laughs) and like they could not we could not get out of there fast enough when it was over because my parents were mortified that they brought their child to see it (laughs) so i got to experience it at age 14 when did you first see this film i mean i probably saw it with well no, it, if it came out in the summer then I would have seen it from from the 46140. Yeah, indeed. Like, you know, we that was that was the only thing to do out there, guys. 46140 peeps. It's a lot of car lots and corn and just big empty nothing out there. And so yeah, you usually went to the movies on a weekend. Really not selling the heartland. <laughs> <laughs> listen there are parts of the heartland that are very exciting I we didn't live in one <laughs> it's fine oh my god I saw this movie when I was fresh out of high school and I thought it was hilarious and then as time went on with each new viewing I was like hold on there's some racism and homophobia. Yeah, what did you expect? And straight misogyny in what? this movie. And see, here's the thing: even when we were young, yeah, you still felt bad about it, like a little bit, yeah. deep down. We yeah, but you don't, you don't ever, you never acknowledge it until you're older. Yeah, like that's how it goes, and we need for it not to go that way anymore. Yeah, for we just real. need to you know denounce it when it happens yeah um that's why when people say oh that aged poorly and i'm like "Mm, it aged just how it is ah you're right yeah like Like, it was wrong back then and it's wrong now exactly that's a very good point thank you very much (laughs) um like as far as dark comedy goes i don't think the script is that great like i like you know why the script's not that great why because most of their dialogue is ad-lib I mean, yeah. And it just has these awkward moments where they're just talking to talk. And, like, I get it. They're trying to be funny, but they don't always... Like, no it's not always and listen there there were multiple takes like that's partially on the editors i just love all the takes where they're obviously about to laugh but they still keep it in yeah like charlie day looking at the camera from time to time because he just can't believe the things he's saying yes <laughs> one of the guys who wrote this film is sam weir from freaks and geeks did you ever see that oh show? really yeah Wait, john francis daly yeah yeah Exactly. Yeah, you're right. I was like, I know that name when I was looking through the page. I was like, I know that name, We're, I, but I didn't. I didn't click on him. So thank you for putting that together, y'all. This made like 175 million dollars. Oh, and I mean, my land. I understand it. We've got some. Uh, I I don't know if y'all guessed it, but we have names. In his second kicking and streaming appearance, please welcome back. Mr. Jason Bateman. Oh, my God. He was with us when we did Juno. Yes. Back uh, back last summer. He was a creepy creep in Juno. Guys, you know him for his wonderful role as Michael Bluth on Arrested Development. And also, R.I.P. Jessica Walter. I know. You will be fucking missed, you true talent. She is having a martini in heaven with all of the righteous babes of her generation sweetheart honey no she is in hell (laughs) and she's loving it (laughs) (laughs) she is in hell right now with Lil Nas X and the devil and everyone's just vibing I love it he's a kid actor he broke out in like little house on the prairie silver spoons he was teen wolf oh my god I know he's been a star like his whole life and you never think of Jason Bateman as being a star for his whole life, like but... because he's just the straight man. Like he's never really meant to stand out, but he manages to somehow be the straight man he's and the, al- yeah. and also be very funny. He's always the straight man in every comedic movie that he's in. I just when I think of Jason Bateman, I think of him in Arrested Development opening the fridge, taking out the paper sack that says Dead Dove, and he opens it.
2: Oh, I don't know what I expected. <laughs>
0: Uh, Like that? Oh, it's so funny. Also, more notably lately, he has been starring in the very serious role he plays on Netflix's Ozark. Oh, God. With my wife, Laura Linney. Yes, that show's wild. I've never actually watched it. Like at all? Like I watched like the first episode and I like got tired. I think you should give it a whirl. Like yeah, it, for for my girl Li- for my girl Laura Linney. Like absolutely, <laughs> guys! In his first kicking and streaming appearance, please welcome Mr. Charlie Day. Oh my god! I love Charlie Day. There's no way you guys haven't seen It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, right? Where he plays charlie <laughs> charlie kelly <laughs> and they all own a bar together and it's wild is your cat fat skinny or an in-between that doesn't matter because one size fits all kitten mittens you'll be smitten
2: so come on down to patty's pub we're the home of the original
0: kitten mittens Meow. you know what my favorite part of it's always sunny is what the title cards <laughs> Yes, it is a very 90s television thing. <laughs> the gang does this. Like I-, I love that shit. It's like it's like it's like a friends call out. And I just love that he's in the Danny DeVito mafia. Yes. You know? Yes. I'm glad they're all in that. God bless. He also does very notable voice work, Monsters University, Lego Movie. He's so funny. He's, yeah, guys, he's just so funny. He's like, my favorite part of this movie. We have, oh God, Jason Sudeikis is here. Oh. Uh. <laughs> like, Jason Sudeikis is like, I don't know. He's kind of cute, but, like, I just, I don't think that he's, oh, my God, Carrie. What? His uncle is George Went, Norm from Cheers. That's so, that's so excellent. That's his, oh, my God. <laughs> Guys, Jason Sudeikis is in a lot of fool-ass films because you might know him from his time on NBC's Saturday Night Live. Like, he's known for doing Mitt. That was his big thing. Uh-huh. Mitt Romney on yes. SNL. <laughs>
2: In short, if I'm elected president, I can promise you one thing: I will promise you everything. <laughs> and and one more thing: I would very much like this job, very very much. Why is that? You know, I, I really don't know. Yeah. yeah.
0: I do think he's kind of funny. I think they did him a disservice in this movie. You know, he was in Comedy Sports. No way. Yeah, he was. I'm sorry. No, I'm Wikipediaing, but Wikiing, Wikipediaing. <laughs> I don't know. In her first kicking and streaming appearance, please welcome, but beware, Oh, man. Miss Jennifer Aniston. Listen, they also did her dirty in this movie, and that's not a bad pun. Like, I don't- I I guess she gotta get paid, but like- There's a lot of misogyny and backwardsness about this movie surrounding her character, so it's just, it's not her fault, but goddammit, Jen. Guys, of course you're gonna know Jennifer Aniston as Rachel from Friends. Six white complainers. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I know that Friends is very popular. I don't get it. <laughs> you don't have to agree with me. So apparently her dad was famous for being on Days of Our Lives, and I had no idea. No, I didn't know um, that either. Also, she um was married to Brad Pitt before Angelina Jolie. What do you mean? didn't know that i guess i just i don't know i don't i got you were a little young for tabloids and teen magazines when that happened but ross when i tell you it's all anybody wrote about jen versus angelina like oh my god she's worth 300 million dollars wow (laughs) wow Colin Farrell's here. Oh, Lord. Cool. I, I like, I don't know. Like, I don't ever, I, I haven't seen Colin Farrell in a lot of things. Like, this is the only role of his I like. I don't really think he's that funny. He plays personal graves and fantastic beasts and where to find them. Oh, yeah. He looks like And he's... he just ends up being Grindelwald. Sorry. I I, I, <laughs> I don't care if I spoiled it. I really don't. Don't watch those movies. Rip the Wizarding World. 1997 <laughs> to 2020. Oh my god. We have guys, I don't even want to say his name. Uh, I don't even want to say his name, but we have to. God damn it. Kevin Spaceface. K- Kevin Spaceface is here. <laughs> Ke- I like that. <laughs> uh, Kevin Spacey is here. Actual villain, Kevin Spacey. He's Kaiser So Say. I'm sorry for not I'm sorry for I'm actually not sorry for spoiling it. What are you Day. He's Kaiser Sose in, what's that movie even called? The Usual Suspects. The Usual Suspects. Jesus. Like, he's just, he's basically only playing Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Like, he just plays Kevin Spacey in everything. Rem- and Guys, he's an abuser, and he deserves to be punished for his crimes. Like. I fucks with House of Cards. I fucks with House of Cards bad, but it's <laughs> it's mostly because there's no one to root for on the show. No, it sucks. You you've you've talked about this before. It's all horrible all the time. It's but nothing but Carrie. Pain. They do it so well. Ugh. It's captivating television, Ugh. at least for me, because because I'm the po- you're a political whore. I'm a political whore, but <laughs> I love you so much, my little Aaron Horkin. So, yeah, we're going to talk about all the ways Kevin Spacey is horrible. Also, a couple other mentions. Donald Sutherland's here. Don, love you. Love your stint as President Snow on The Hunger Games. Yikes. Uh, I love you in that weird 70s movie about World War II, but it's actually about Vietnam. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I don't know what that's called. Also, uh, Jamie Foxx is here. Yes. I love Jamie Foxx. Not in Annie 2014, but in most other things. Remember, he was in Valentine's Day. He's famous for his portrayal of Ray Charles in Ray from 2004. Um, Bob Newhart's here for a minute. (laughs) I love that. We've got a lot of great cameos. We've got a lot of great cameos. There's one person I can't wait to talk about but we'll wait. (laughs) Okay. You ready to get a contact high from cocaine? Oh my god. first line of my notes is ah the american dream killing your abusive boss you know what's funny what my first one is ah first one to the parking lot oh we both went ah we both had ah moments (laughs) let's start by introducing our three main characters it's gonna be about these three guys and them plotting to kill their bosses so first we have nick Oh yeah, Nick Hendricks. Nick is the first one to the parking lot in the morning. Where he works for? What does he work for? Commandine, some kind of some kind of company. <laughs> There's what are they selling? I have no idea. He's in, he's in sales. What are they sell? You know what? It doesn't matter. It really does. So it. Nick sells things at a corporate <laughs> level. He <laughs> hates his life. He he goes.
2: I get to work before the sun comes up, and I leave long after it's gone down. I haven't had sex in six months with someone other than myself. And the only thing in my refrigerator is an old lime. Could be a kiwi, no way to tell.
0: This is Jason Bateman. Yeah. (laughs) I do enjoy Jason Bateman in this movie. He brings... uh, It's the great straight man role. Exactly. Nick hates his life, hates his job, but it's all temporary in his mind. He says the key to success is taking people's shit. Uh, yeah. He's like, I guess it's a good things come to those who wait mentality, but like, it's I not, don't know, man. It sounds like a whole lot of capitalistic propaganda to me. Indeed. <laughs> but I'm, Indeed. I'm me. Because he is on track to get this really fancy promotion, vice president in charge of sales. Yep. It's going to be a pay raise. He's going to get his own office. It's going to be a big payoff for all the extra work he's been doing. But, oh no, Kevin Spacey's here and he's being insane again. Oh my God. Actual supervillain Kevin Spacey as David Harkin, who is a sociopath and a total fucking asshole.
1: (laughs) Well, no, but according to this, you were two minutes late. So either you're a liar or this system is off by a full minute.
2: The only hitch? I work for this guy, David Harkin, who right now is giving me some fresh shit for being two minutes late, he's a total
0: fucking asshole. I love the title cards. I love it when they say <laughs> the words and the words come flashing across the screen. I absolutely love that. Coincidentally, I have full blown sociopath. <laughs> Th- those are the three words I chose. A total fucking asshole. I love Jason Bateman so much. He's he, he's he's just he's good narrating anything. I'd let him narrate my life. Kevin Spacey is always playing Kevin Spacey. Yeah. It does not matter what he is in. He is always an insane sociopath asshole. Like, there's just always this coldness. He is always Frank Underwood. It's it's so freakish. Frank Underwood was the role he was born to play. I hate it. and I, I absolutely detest and it. And I'm so glad it was taken from him. Oh, yeah, me too. I'm so glad it was taken from him. That's justice. Like, thank you, Netflix. Thank you for holding that accountability. The way he is chastising him for being two minutes late... And then calling him a liar when he's like, I might have been a minute late. Six oh three in the morning. The standards he is holding Jason Bateman to, the standards he is holding Nick to, are unacceptable. And I would not allow anyone to talk to me the way he talks to him. He pours him this drink, this eighteen year old scotch. He's like, "Have one," and he's like, "It's eight fifteen in the morning," (laughs) and he's like, "Have one." And he's like, "Okay, aren't you going to have one?" He goes, "It's eight fifteen in the morning, Nick." And I'm like, "You fucking asshole." He is a manipulator, and just he's the worst. He He is—he's the worst boss. Okay. I love the, this is my second favorite line in the movie. Anyway, Anyway, I'm having my teeth
1: whitened on Tuesday, so you're going to have to get all your work done by Monday, which means you're probably going to have to be here all weekend. Look, if you want a promotion, you got to earn it. Now, what do I keep saying? Life is a marathon, and you cannot win a marathon without putting a few band-aids on your nipples, right?
0: (laughs) What? (laughs) What in the world? World. i don't even believe kevin spacey when he's doing this oh like, my god i don't believe it but it's still so funny so then we have dale i love charlie day i just love listening to the sound of his voice
2: when i was a kid people would ask me what i wanted to be when i grew up and i always gave the same answer i love you so much i love you too i wanted to be a husband
0: dale Arbus is my favorite character. Mine like, too. Like hands down, he has some of the best lines, and he's, and he's such a victim in this movie. We'll talk about it. I we'll, know. We'll talk about it for a thousand years. I promise. Uh, okay. Dale has always wanted to be a husband. This is the most precious thing I've ever heard. When he goes, most little boys want to be firehouse chiefs or personal trainers. I paused it and literally went, "Do they?" <laughs> Are those the two chief things little boys want to be? It's a heteronormative stereotype. Okay, whatever. He's He is engaged to Stacy, who is very cute and very pretty. And very excited. Yes, very excited. I, I, I We don't get a lot of their relationship in this film. She's just kind of like, you know, an instrument. She's a plot point. She's a plot point, but like, we'll get to it. He says, Unfortunately,
2: no one's going to pay you to be a husband it- unless you marry Oprah. So, I had to find a job. Now, I always admired dentists. They're smart, they're capable, they keep your teeth healthy. So I went out, and I became one. How are you today,
0: Dale? I'm fine, thanks. Excavator? Okay, I became a dental assistant. I wrote, how do, how does one admire a dentist? I don't really know. Like, I get it, it's hard work, and thank you all for saving my mouth. But, like, most dentists are fucking crazy. (laughs) I'm sorry, That you can think of that as an opinion of mine yeah, or accept it as fact, because I'm (laughs) I'm convinced it's fact. You've had one dentist your whole life. But Carrie, I worked for eight of them. All right. They're all weird (laughs) in their own little ways. All right. So he's a dental assistant, not a dentist. And he works for Dr. Julie Harris. Did you ever see that show Gossip Girl? No. Mm. I watched an episode last night. I fingered myself so hard to that Penn Badgley guy, I broke a nail.
2: And it would have been the perfect job, if not for one evil, crazy bitch. DDS.
0: This is Jennifer Aniston. Um, she is so not okay. No, we have to have a conversation about how Dale's harassment... At the hands of Julie Harris is sexualized and ignored. So with Nick, Harkin's just an asshole, right? Like, just in every single way. Like, he abuses that poor man. Well, Dr. Harris abuses Dale. Oh, yeah. By sexually harassing him nonstop. It's literally constant. She's obsessed with him for some reason. It is the definition of a hostile work environment. I hate Julia. She's my least favorite boss. Like, I realize that. You don't hate Kevin Spacey more than Jennifer Aniston? Listen, I'm not saying that he's not also horrible. She's the worst for me because that is a double standard I will not abide. Oh, no, entirely. Cut to Dale, just trying to help Dr. Harris take care of a patient, and she won't stop squirting water to get the outline of his prick. Let's see if this thing's working. Oh, oh my God. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm a squirter, Dale. Oh, you know what? Ah, I think I can make out our little friend right there. Stop it.
1: Ooh, Shabbat Shalom, somebody's circumcised. Okay.
0: <laughs> it's so awful. Like it's so unnecessary. She's trying to copulate with him on top of this patient. Oh my god. Uh, like she is a rapist. I will not be debating this point. She is a rapist. And he's like, "You know, I have a fiance, and the way she just Pushes that light aside and goes You said that she was just a hole for your dick I never said that Not really my style If my boss said that to me I'd die I think I'd literally die of shock Then we have Jason Sudeikis As Kurt Buckman Who is an account manager at a chemical company
2: I love my job If you ask me, anyone who hates their job Has no one to blame but themselves We make our own destinies And I've made a sweet one
0: here Kurt's my least favorite of the three. Oh, I don't like Kurt. Oh, no. Kurt's a constipator. Because, number one, he's Jason Sudeikis. Number two, Aww. like, he's got it the best. Yeah, for real. And then he ends up being the most problematic Yeah, for out sure. of all three of them. For absolutely sure. Like, he's kind of racist. He's not <laughs> funny. And kind of sexist. He thinks he's all that. I just kind of detest his existence in this film. But, like, whatever. We hate him immediately just because he's one of those people who loves his job. He- he's got a really great... Great boss, and that's Mr. Pellet, who runs Pellet and Son Chemical Company, where he works as an accountant. Don Sutherland.
2: Got another fly in your web, did you? Fly there? <laughs> hey, Jack. Yeah. But the yeah. real reason I'm here is this guy, Jack Pellet, my boss, the sweetest man I know. He loves me, and I love him. Everybody loves him.
0: So also working with Kurt is Mr. Pellet's dipshit cokehead son,
2: Bobby Pellet. And if the worst thing about this job is having to tolerate my boss's dipshit cokehead son... Well, it's a small price to pay. You need me to tell you when I'm gonna go pee-pee? I'm just trying to get you to do your part, son.
1: It's not easy times, you know.
2: I do my part. I do other people's parts. But it doesn't matter to you, because you just want to ride my ass because I'm your son.
0: Kurt and Pellet are like father and son, practically. Indeed. Like, Kurt thinks that he might get the business one day. Like, that's how fucking close they are. And that's how much of a cokehead Bobby is. Yeah, he is just such a drain. Bobby's awful. <laughs> the title is Horrible Bosses. He's also horrible. Yes. He's not the boss yet. But <laughs> this is Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell's look in this movie is so offensive. He has got a skull cap on that gives him five head big time. <laughs> And he's got a comb over. And he's just, and normally those wouldn't be a big deal, but like he is just such a dick. I will say this about Colin Farrell in this movie. He disappears. He does. I, I believe that he is Bobby. Yeah. But- I am not getting a single whiff of Colin Farrell. <laughs> so job well done. Job well done, Colin. Very good job. We have to talk about one more thing before we move on. Guys, please welcome... <laughs> In her first kicking and streaming appearance, Ah, Her Royal Highness, Meghan, Duchess of Sussex. I love it! Meghan Markle's here as a FedEx girl for 30 seconds. Thank you. So what's going on here? Sorry? Is this one of those hidden camera shows? What do you mean? What I mean
2: is like you're way too cute to be just a FedEx girl. I mean, you got to be like a model or actress or something, right? Like, what happens when I open up one of these boxes? Someone's going to jump out, bite me in the penis?
0: No, nothing's going to jump out. I'm just a FedEx girl. Shut up. <laughs> My mouth fell open. I'm. I'm just like, I love it. I didn't watch Suits. Because, like, other than Suits, she's like, you know, sprinkled throughout television and movies. Yeah, yeah. It just, it was never anything I watched. So like, she just wasn't on my radar. I forgot she was in this. The way Jason's, the the way Kurt is stunned that she is female and works for FedEx. (laughs) I hate it. It makes me gag. I know. It makes me want to regurgitate. Anyway, also cut to Mr. Pellet leaving work and telling Kurt, you know. You got a bright future here, you know. Someday soon, it'll be
2: you running this place. See you again. All right, now. That's safe. Yeah. Oh,
0: shit. And then he has a heart attack and drives into another vehicle or something. He drives into a pole or something. They say his heart burst in his chest like a balloon. Uh, Oh, God. Oh,
2: my God. I'm sorry, man. I, I know you guys are close. Yeah. I love that guy. I love working for him, you know? It's like, awesome. Now his shitbag son's gonna
0: be in charge and it's like- that, The co Yeah. Do you know how many times I've caught him doing blow at work? <laughs> I love Dave, even though he is on the registered sex offenders list. Oh my God, okay, we have to talk about this for a minute because like, you know, th- that's the question, right? If he's in such a hostile situation, Why not quit? The way that Kurt and Nick do not back Dale up when he's like, I'm being sexually harassed by my superior at work. And they're like, oh, dude, that I have no, you don't expect any sympathy from us. Like, that sounds great. And I'm like, no. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Please do not do that. Like... If men say they're being sexually harassed, believe them as you would women. Women can be sexual abusers. Like, this is something that's not talked about enough, but, like, we can definitely be sexual abusers. Like, this is not new. When people see that you're on the National Sex Offender Registry, it doesn't go well for you in a job search. No, it doesn't. You just can't get hired. And the reason why he's on the Sex Offender Registry is because he was drunk in the middle of the night, left a bar like walked across the street and, and urinated on a children's playground and like it's midnight there, there were no kids it's still pissing in public but i don't i don't think i'd call that a sex offense no there, in this situation that is absolutely bullshit like first of all no judge ever would have done that to him he's a white man
2: i'm on the registered sex offender list yes <laughs> You can't get that expunged. All you did was put you pulled your dick out in a playground. I was taking a piss at night. There were no kids. All right. You know what?
0: You don't put a playground right next to a bar. It's entrapment. Mm-hmm. Dale's like, this is entrapment. And the way that Kurt says, speaking of entrapment, I'm going to go see that girl about her vagina. I hate it, Absolutely Kurt. Absolutely not. I hate it. That is the, yeah, we're not going to talk about any more of those lines. That's where I'm going to stop it. Because that's all you should need. Yeah, there's a lot of misogyny in this movie, and it's just one example. All right, now we got to talk about this meeting. This is the meeting where Harkin is supposed to announce who's going to get the senior vice president of sales job. This is what Nick has been working for. And Harkin just comes in and is
1: like, I have finally decided who I want to be our new senior vice president of sales. He's right here in this room. It's me.
0: What do you say? Jason Bateman's timing is perfect. <laughs> what do you say? <laughs> I love that shit. And I love how we have a little bit of a dream moment where Beastie Boys Sabotage just starts playing and he tackles his ass and chucks him out the window. So fucking fired. Meeting adjourned. It's amazing. But then it just turns out to be a moment. Yeah. It it, didn't happen. It's a daydream. He's he's dissociating. That's what he's doing. Because he cannot believe that he is actually being overlooked for this position. He cannot believe that this man who treats him horribly is going to just absorb this position and keep it away from him purely for his own gain. And so he runs after him after the meeting and is like, listen, I really thought I was going to get that. And he's like, well, it was just a carrot. He was like, well, look how hard it made you work. Oh, my God. I cannot even begin. I don't know where to begin with this. And then I get the best thing that Nick could come up with in that, mor- in that moment, you didn't let me go see my gam-gam before she died. <laughs> oh, no! You made me stay at work. You know that last month you made me work
2: so late, I miss saying goodbye to my gam-gam? I'm sorry.
1: Thank you. I had no idea that <laughs> <laughs> you called your grandmother...
0: That sociopath laughs! I, I can't, goodbye. I just, get rid! Like, this is literally what Garrett Walker did to Frank Underwood, too. Really? Promised him Secretary of State and then didn't give it to him, thus sparking the entire series. It's all the same character. (laughs) And guys, it just gets worse. The way he gets in his face and goes, Let me tell you something, you stupid little
1: runt. I own you. You're my bitch. So don't walk around here thinking you have free will because you don't. I can crush you any time I want.
0: So settle in. Because you are here for the long haul. I own you. You're my bitch. This is the worst. Like, and just the the defeat behind Nick's eyes. Disgusting. Disgusting. So, back at Pellet Chemical, Kurt is going in and guess who's in charge now? Bobby! Fucking Bobby. Yo, dick wall. What the fuck? What? Three hours late.
2: What's the deal? I was at your father's funeral. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe that excuse would have fallen when my dad was here, but I'm in charge now. That excuse wouldn't make any sense if your dad was still here.
0: I really don't know if I want to play a lot of his dialogue from this scene. We don't have to. Uh, It's really gross, fatphobic, ableist, racist. Just you name it. It's the worst. Bobby basically just wants to save money to fund his coke addiction. And so he's just like, okay, listen, we're just going to dump irresponsibly in Bolivia and it might kill some people. Oh, well. And that's not a big deal to me because he uses this place like an ATM. He doesn't give a damn. Do you know why, Bert was late to work this morning? Why? He was at Bobby's father's funeral. (laughs) Bobby did not go. Yeah, yeah. That should tell you everything you need to know. And I want to know how this happened. How was he immediately put in charge? Did Pellet not have his papers in order? Maybe not. Who knows? Oh my God. Disgusting. I love when they're in the bar and the old school chum, Kenny, comes up, because they're talking about, maybe we should just quit. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, you mean start everything over, go back to school and get whole new careers? And they're like, "Mm, no, not That, that. That sounds exhausting. At this point in history, we're still in the middle of the recession debacle. Yes. Like, literally in the time the film came out. The job market was in the toilet. And then the old school chum, Kenny, comes up to them and they're like, I heard you moved
2: to New York, yeah. working at Lehman Brothers. Yeah, yeah, I did. They uh, they hired me right out of Yale. Well, what are you doing
0: here? Well, don't you guys read the papers? They shut us down. Yep. Right. I see that. Yeah. Sorry about that. Cool. Yeah, I've been looking that. for work for like, the last two years. It's crazy. I can't even get a job waiting tables. Oh, uh, you know what, though?
2: I would fucking murder those Lehman Brothers if I could. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs>
0: I can't even pay for this fucking drink. He's like, as a matter of fact, I kind of need some money. You Do you guys <laughs> have any money? So he just shows, he just gives them a real grim outlook on the unemployment debacle. Oh, he offers to give them blowjobs and the men's them room. jobs. It's so bad. Uh, and so that's when they turn to each other and they're like, so let's kill our bosses. Hypothetically. <laughs> it's all couched in hypothetical at this point. The way Kurt goes, it's not murder if it's justified. <laughs> It's still murder. <laughs> this is a, I'm sorry, this is a white man's mentality. Indeed. They really believe they could get away with this. He goes, <laughs> sometimes it's immoral not to kill people. Like, like- what, what the I I can't. I love it because Dale's not having it.
2: Would your life be easier without Julia in it?
0: Okay, you're right. Uh, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna go over
2: to Julia's house, maybe I'll slash her up, and I'll put her in a box, and I'll mail it to you two uh, tough guy
0: mafiosos. I'm done with this conversation. And you're paying for dinner because you've upset me. He's like, no, 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 I'm not dealing with you two tough guy mafiosos. I'm leaving. And you're paying for dinner because you've upset me. (laughs) I love him. So then, Dale's fiance, Stacy, comes in because Dr. Harris offers to give her free dental work. This is an obvious attempt to make Dale uncomfortable. They put her on the table, put her under gas, and once she's passed out, Harris immediately grabs for his dick. He, she's trying to have sex with him on top of her. I want that dong, Dale, and you're gonna give it to me. Who talks like that? You're gonna fuck my slutty little mouth
2: hear the words you say sometimes?
0: I mean, who talks like that? Let's have sex on top of her. Let's use her like a band. Get down, get down. No. Hey, 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 hey. Get off of her. God damn you. That's it, okay? Oh my God. God. No way. <laughs> you, just, the searing, the seriousness in her eyes when she goes, you're going to fuck my slutty little mouth. Oh, I'm sorry, Mom. No, you hate it. Oh. Because the thing is, you're mildly attracted to her? No, I'm not! She's a rapist! Exactly. Like, she's a fucking rapist. And here's why she's a rapist. She says to him, she says to Dale, if they do not have sex before he marries Stacy, that she will expose him for the things that he's done with her in the past. And then she gets out the iPad. She has pictures of him like two weeks after he started working when she changed one of the crowns on one of his bicuspids. He's like under anesthesia. He's passed out cold. She has him in very sexual compromising positions. She's raping him. She's, ra- this is rape. You did
2: all this while I was unconscious? Ooh, mm-hmm. Yep. <gasps> oh,
0: that's my favorite. Rape. Hey, what? Rape. Rape. That's a rape. This is what raping is. You, you're you a raper and you've raped me. That's a rape! Rape! Oh. Oh. Rape jokes are not funny. Just the way he devolves into like a small dog. Yeah. In that moment. I, can't, I don't even want to say anything else she says. Because I'm so dumb with her at this point. So Dale becomes <laughs> down to commit murder. He Suddenly he's on Kurt's side. And they all semi-agree that they might do this. And since they all went to law and order law school, <laughs> they decided they have the know-how to hire a hitman to commit these murders of all three of their bosses. I cannot get over this. These three dumb-ass white men think that they... Have the street smarts and the know how to commit three murders. And this is where, I'm sorry guys, it's gonna just, it's just gonna spin further and further out of control from here. Here's the thing Dale's my favorite. Dale's kind of dumb. He's very dumb. He's very dumb, but he's also very dear. So just try to remember that as Ross quickly describes what happens next, please. They meet at the Travel Inn (laughs) the next night. Nick freaks out because they've hired a hitman who is coming to meet them in this hotel room. And he's like, you found someone already? He goes, (laughs) yeah, it's as easy as buying a used futon. He hired a man because apparently wet work is code for hitman. That's what Dale thinks. And so the wet work is actually piss play and a man shows up ready to pee on them for money. And because Dale got the advertisement in men seeking men.
2: I urinate on other men for money. What was that? What did he say? I think he said he pisses on dudes. Why else do you think my ad was in the men-seeking men section? Where was it? You fucking idiot. Could you be dumber? We Why were you we looking at the men, men seeking men?
0: Looking for a man! How do people oh. let you work on their teeth? Oh my god. <laughs> we are men seeking a man! <laughs> like, listen, we don't kink shame here. That was just friggin' wild to me as a kid. <laughs> Like, I was like, what? Like, I learned something. He's very attractive. I just, I would not want him to pee on me. So they're in the car on the way to get something to eat. And this is where we get introduced to... Atmanod oh or my God. Gregory from Navguide. Can we talk about that racist shit real quick? This is this this AI GPS is too sentient for 2011. Well, that's an actual person on the other end of the line. He's working in a call center in what country, I won't speculate, but he is like the onboard assistant for this service that Kurt pays for every month. His name is Atmanad. White corporations want to call him Gregory instead. I hate it.
2: I do see there's an Applebee's three blocks from your current location. Perfect. No, not really helpful. They're not exactly the kind of shitheads we need. Anything else?
0: Well, I could direct you to a neighborhood with the greatest number of carjackings. Now we're thinking outside the box. I want to go to
2: dinner. I love it. That's
0: probably the right neighborhood. Very good, stuff. They go to the roughest, shittiest bar they can find. And it's not even that rough or shitty. It's not! It actually looks kind of cool in there. And since they're white men, they think it's rough and shitty. And they meet Motherfucker Jones. Oh my God! Did this is Jamie. This is Jamie Fox. He pulls them aside. He thinks he can help them. Do you want to briefly explain to the listeners why he's called Motherfucker Jones?
1: When I was a kid, I snuck into my mother's bedroom. Oh, she was laying there naked.
2: Dean,
1: she had been drinking all night. We
2: get Yuck! It.
0: And then
1: I snuck up behind her. Ah! And then I slipped my fingers. Into her purse. Purse? It's a purse. And I took her money, the whole week's pay. I really fucked her
0: over, and that's how I got the name Motherfucker Jones. I stopped breathing. The timing on that was unkind. I I'm Stan. I'm Stanley in that moment. Why did you have to say it that way? Right. wrong with you. Exactly. So, Motherfucker Jones says it's going to be 30k for all three bosses' heads. 10k a pop. Exactly. (laughs) Which is kind of low for a murder, I think. Honestly, that should have been their first clue. Like, I'm not going to spoil it, but they think this guy is a hardcore criminal. He's told them that he's done time, and this is who they think they their murder consultant should be. They hand over $5,000 the next night over in order to s- procure his services, and then motherfucker Jones is like, okay, listen, I'm just gonna be your consultant. I'm not actually gonna murder anybody. Cause he doesn't want to go back to jail. Exactly. I got it.
2: Why don't you kill each other's bosses? That's actually a good idea. It's not bad. Yeah. Yeah, like Hitchcock's Strangers on a Train, right? I didn't see that. They do that? The now? Danny yeah. DeVito movie. It's yeah. a funny one. Yeah, right? yeah, that famous Alfred Hitchcock, Danny DeVito movie. It's That's one. the one. He's... Come on. What? Come on. You're thinking *Throw Mama from The Train. That's what it is. that. <laughs>
0: I don't think many of you will likely have seen Strangers on a Train, but it's pretty decent. It's about these two guys who don't know each other. They meet each other on a train. They bond over how much they hate different people in their life, and they hypothetically say... What if we killed those people for each other? You couldn't lead it back to us. And the other person would have an alibi. So that's what Motherfucker Jones is suggesting. He's suggesting that they all kill each other's bosses. So everybody can have tidy little alibis and nobody's the wiser. It's actually kind of weirdly brilliant. They decide that it's time to get some intel on these people. They could never actually do this. Oh no, this, again, they just think they can do anything and it enrages me. So they start with Bobby Pellet. They go to his little whatever condo that he's got going on. I love that they're trying to find a way in, and then the garage door just suddenly opens, and his <laughs> car flies out. He drives like a Pontiac Grand Am. And like then- they, <laughs> s- they sneak into the g- open garage door, and right at the last second, it closes. Dale tries to get under it and just slams into it. <laughs> ah! Ah! That makes me bust my gut laughing. Charlie Day does his own stunts, baby. <laughs> so they're in Bobby's house, the douchebag museum. Yes, I love that. That's a piece of writing I love. That is so apt. This is my favorite Kurt moment the way he goes, it's like we've stepped into the mind of an asshole. <laughs> Bobby Pellet is super into dragons and karate and just anything that will make him look like a big man. This room is full of man toys and like just all of these big homages to his ego. It's just squatting. Dale finds this box full of cocaine on the table. It's full of, I have never seen this much cocaine in one place before. And they decided not to leave fingerprints even though they didn't bring gloves to use their sleeves. Just pull up their sleeves. They're just pulling up their sleeves to hit. Hand- these things. He's holding this box full
2: of cocaine. Now this would count as intel, right? Holy shit, that's a lot of cocaine. Have you ever seen this much cocaine in your life that's gotta be worth, what, 10, 15,000? Oh, I blew it. I blew that, didn't I?
0: And he drops it, and it goes, foom, everywhere. (laughs) Boom. (laughs) Just a mushroom cloud of cocaine. And it's in the carpet. And he went, oh, I blew it. (laughs) I blew that, didn't I? I blew that, didn't I? (laughs) Yes, Dale. So, meanwhile, Kurt is putting everything in Bobby's whole bathroom in his ass. Because remember, Bobby's his boss now, and so he's the one that's mad at him. Like, he's brushing his ass with his toothbrush, putting his razor handle down his ass crap. This is petty, albeit really funny behavior. So, Dale and Nick are attempting to sift the cocaine because they. <laughs> because Nick used a dust buster to get it out of the carpet, and they tried to put it back in the box, but obviously it's full of dust. They didn't empty it first. So, they're getting, like, really high off the cocaine. (laughs) They're moving really (laughs) fast, trying to pick all the crap out
2: of the cocaine. What the hell have you guys done? i'm feeling good dude you want to help me clean like we bond over this this is like friendship stuff we broke Dale. into someone's house man and it's
0: like kind of the most amazing experience of my life we broke into a man's house Dale. and suddenly i'm like an expert at sifting cocaine it's amazing dude so they can't get that done kurt steals bobby's phone and now we're going to harkins it's not just a phone bud it's a blackberry okay whatever <laughs> Like, I couldn't believe that. I was like, oh, gross. So Dale is coked out. He is so coked out. And they should not, they should, they should call, they honestly should have called it a night, but no. No, we're going to continue with this madness. Now we're going to Harkins. And they're arguing about a signal about how many honks Dale's going to put on the car if he sees because they're going to make Dale be lookout. Yes. Yeah, because he should not come into this man's house coked up. <laughs> he cocked up the last recon by spilling the coke and they're going to make him stay in the car and be the lookout. Nick and Kurt go up to the front door and Nick finds the the key rock. <laughs> you know, it's a ro- little rock you have by your front door that you put your key in. And he picks it up and he goes, ah, see, here it is. Throws it to Kurt and Kurt goes, Yeah, and then throws it at the glass in the front door and it just bounces right off because it's plastic. Oh my god!
2: That makes things easier, huh? I like the way you think. Move.
0: No, don't do
2: that! Oh shit, I broke a rock. can't believe it. Please tell me you realized that was a key thingy.
0: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Harkin lives in a McMansion. Um, we need to talk about the actual part of this mansion that is too much to handle. Which is what? Okay, first of all, you have the portrait over the mantle of Harkin and his wife with the cat in the middle of it. How, Stafford Wives, is that? The rest of the house is all cat decor. (laughs) Cat furniture, cat paintings... Cats! Hey, all you cool cats and kittens! Like, <laughs> this has got to be Harkin's wife. Uh, yes. Like, there's no way Harkin is this obsessed. I think her name's Rhonda. She's played by the mom from uh, Modern Family. So, Dale is playing Angry Birds in the car and not paying attention. Oh my god, no. He is not doing his job. It cuts back to him, and he's playing with the seat, listening to That's Not My Name. That probably me, be- hell! They call me Stacy, that's, that's,
2: that's, that's not my name. That's not my name. That's not my name. That's not
0: my name. I ugly laugh every single time. They call me hell. They call me Stacy. That's not my name. He's eating this peanut butter and jelly sandwich and like he like throws the wrapper out the window. And guys, here comes Harkin in a jogging suit. He's obviously been out for some exercise. And he comes upon Dale littering, and he decides he's going to get in his face about it.
1: Now why don't you take this piece of shit car and get off my fucking block?
2: I don't know why you're mad at the car, but I don't think we should get hostile right now. Hostile? You want to see hostile? How about I go in my
1: house and I get my... (gasps) what?
2: What's going on with you? Uh,
0: Penis? Penis? Uh. Oh, peanuts! He starts having an allergic reaction to this peanut butter sandwich wrapper. And then the way Dale hops out of the car and he goes, Oh, are you not good with peanuts? (laughs) (laughs) And then Dale saves Harkin's life with his EpiPen. Yeah, he can Harkin carries an EpiPen around with him and like Dale just gives him the full pulp fiction treatment. I guarantee you that's what Dale was picturing in his mind was John Travolta stabbing Uma Thurman with that adrenaline shot. Kurt and Nick see him what looks like stabbing Harkin to death in the road <laughs> from the top story. And they're like, oh my God, not cool, Dale. <laughs> this was just recon. Oh my so God. So they run away. Kurt drops Pellet's phone when he's in the bedroom. Yeah, on their way out. And so they run away. Harkin's wife pulls up and is like oh my god this man saved your life and he's like wait a minute are you the guy who's fucking my wife that's the other thing about Harkin like he's always suspicious that his wife is cheating on him with someone If I was his wife I would be cheating on him with someone oh no I I would not blame her one little bit but even if imagine that she's not Ross imagine if she wasn't and he was treating her that way. It's so awful. Dale finds Nick and Kurt on a side road and picks up and they're like, why did you do that? We weren't (laughs) supposed to kill him yet. And he goes, no, dude, I saved his life. And they're like, you saved his life?
2: Saved a man's life. Hang on a second. So my boss, who we're thinking about planning to kill, is dying in front of you and you saved his life? Well, that sounds bad when you say it like that. Okay, can you open the door? That's not cool. But I I didn't know it was Harkin. Hit the button. This is
0: why I need to know what people look like, man. The whole point of this stupid operation was to get their bosses killed, and now Dale has saved his life. I love how they lock him out of the car because <laughs> they're so done with him in the moment. Guys, he, he, he pulls on the handle and goes, What is this? <laughs> They're so mad at him. So he's messed up twice now. So now we know that Harkin's allergic to peanuts and that they could poison Bobby's cocaine. Oh yeah, it would really not be a big stretch that he got a bad batch of cocaine. So they go to Costco. Dale finds a sale on peanuts, like three for two fifty. He buys like thirty. I love Kurt. He's like, Jesus, Dale, it's a murder, not a cocktail party. <laughs> And so, Dale's task is to sneak into Harkins and put peanuts in the shampoo, I guess. I don't know how that's supposed to work, but whatever. Well, like, what they really, because the theory there is that he doesn't have it with him in the shower. And so, but the thing to do would be to grind the peanuts and not, like, could you imagine squirting the shampoo into your hand and you've got, like, cottage cheese shampoo going on? this This is still stupid. Like, they're, the police are going to find the peanuts in the shampoo. Yeah, no. Th- yeah, and then they're huge... going to know that someone obviously put them there, and then they're going to go after the wife or somebody else. That's a huge loophole. And then Nick's job is to poison Bobby's cocaine. He's going to poison it with rat poison. huh. And Kurt's job is to go get intel on Julia by himself. So, um, here's the thing. Harkin finds Bobby's phone. Harkin finds Bobby Pellet's phone in his bedroom because Kurt dropped it there. Yeah. It's, oh my God, the ringtone. Everybody was kung fu fighting. Na,
1: na, na, na,
0: na, na. Oh, stop it's it. It's bad. It is. And so Harkin, and because it's a Blackberry, it's got Bobby's address in it. Yeah, and so Harkin immediately assumes this is the man fucking his wife. Yeah, his every, his worst instinct has now been validated, he thinks. So Nick is waiting at Bobby's. I guess waiting, he's just waiting outside his condo. And who pulls up? Harkin! Harkin's here! What the fuck?
2: What? It's Harkin, he's here! Is it pellets? Why? I don't know, he's, he's walking right up to the front door.
0: Harkin pulls up, rings a doorbell, Bobby answers it, and Harkin shoots him to death. Pulls out a 45 and blows a hole in his chest. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, Harkin just shot Pellet. Are
2: you sure? Holy shit, Pellet opened up the door. Harkin shot him once in the chest. He fell down, he shot him again in the head. He shot him? Wait, what's going on? what's going on? I don't understand. What's going on? He shot? Him what's going on with Pellet? How's
0: Pellet doing? Still pretty fucking dead, Dale. Also, Kurt just ends up fucking Julia. That's the thing. He's parked across the street with a pair of binoculars. It's so gross, number one. Number two, she just starts strip teasing for him in front of the window and eventually invites him into bone. He boned his target. Yeah, he boned his target. He also had sex with his friend's rapist. That's not. Oh, my God. That's what I'm saying. Oh, my God. I really don't like Kurt. I haven't even thought of that. Oh, my God. That's fucked up. That is fucked up. That's way fucked up, Kurt. that does not get talked about. Uh Uh-uh. Shit. When Nick peels away from the scene of the crime, he gets a a police cam photo taken of his car for speeding. He ran a red light. And this consequentially gets them taken in for questioning? (laughs) (laughs) Because this vehicle was seen leaving the scene of a murder? I have in all capital letters, why is Ron White here? I don't know. Why am I supposed to believe the drunkest of the blue-collar comedy tour is a cop? I don't know. Well, well I mean, aren't most cops... Oh, never mind. The cops actually know a lot. They know that Kurt works for Pellet. They know that Nick was near the crime scene when it happened. Did they have enough information to bring them in? Oh, hell no. So Dale Law and orders them out of there. This is... this. You know I loved this. Because Dale's like, wait a minute. We're not under arrest? And they're like, not yet.
1: We just brought you in for questioning.
0: Well, then,
2: ipso facto, you don't have sufficient evidence constituting probable cause for an arrest warrant. Not yet. Well, uh, then, pursuant to the Fourth Amendment, I believe we are free to go. Are we not?
0: And he gets them out of there. And guys, always remember that always know your rights. I'm not saying watch law in order to know what your rights are. I'm saying always know your rights. They're getting in the elevator at the police station and Ron, Officer Ron White stops them and goes, I just want you fellas to know that we are combing the scene for DNA. <laughs> and then we remember that Kurt put everything in Bobby's bathroom up his butt. <laughs> And then cut to my favorite line! Why would you put his whole bathroom
2: in your ass?! I didn't know I had DNA in my butt! You're lying! You know there's DNA in your butt! I didn't! You just like shoving shit in your ass, you fucking pervert! We are lawyering up, man. That's it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! Oh my god! Why would you put his whole bathroom in your ass? He has the best lines. Charlie has all the best lines. As he should. I'm here for it. Cause like they're like, oh shit, we're gonna find they're gonna find Kurt's DNA, and this is gonna tie them all to it. Kurt didn't know he had DNA in his butt! They go to Motherfucker Jones for more advice, and Motherfucker Jones lets loose that um he's never actually murdered anyone! He did 10 years for media piracy. That it is not a murderer make. This black man told these dumb white fools that he'd done time and they all assumed it was for murder. He said, God damn it, I feel like a moron.
2: Let's go. You are a
1: moron. Look, you don't go into a bar and hand a guy $5,000 just because
2: he's no, black. No, that's not what it was about. No, come on, I, let's go. I
0: love that. <laughs> he did time for bootlegging an Ethan Hawke movie. The way he's like, they take that shit so seriously. <laughs> They go to steal away into Harkin's house to get him to admit to killing Bobby so that they don't get taken down for it? Yeah, they've procured this little handheld recording device, and they're gonna try and get a full confession on tape. They go in, and they realize it's a surprise party for Harkin's birthday. They're waiting for him to come home. Yes! God, I hate that! We got you, huh, honey? So you were surprised? Yeah. <laughs> Sweetie, everybody's here. <laughs>
1: I'm gonna put my stuff down. She knows I hate surprises. I
0: think we got him. Guess who doesn't like surprises? Harkin! Th- the fit he has. I know it's it's so stupid. When he, when they jump out and yell surprise, he jumps and kicks like a kid having a tantrum. It's a whole ass mess. It's so embarrassing. And then Kurt misses his cue. Oh my god, because Kurt's the one with the recorder in his pocket, and I have a question. They all got smartphones. Why didn't they all just pull out the voice recorder and turn it on? All of them! I mean, it was 2011... I don't know, man. I don't know if the iPhone was so advanced. I really don't know. I feel like they've always had voice recorders on them. I don't know. I don't know if that early. I don't know. Regardless, Kurt's the one with the voice recorder in his pocket. And he's so enamored with Harkin's hot wife that he completely misses his cue. The other two follow Harkin into his office and they start a whole confrontation.
1: You think that you can blackmail me? Because you saw me kill my wife's lover? Say his name! Pellet? Trust me, Pellet's name means nothing anymore. There it is. Thank you. Let's do it, guys. Yeah, that's right. Hang on. Where the fuck is Kurt? I killed
0: Pellet. They get him to say it out loud, And they look around and realize that Kurt is not standing there. (laughs) Can you imagine the cold feeling in your stomach? He admits to the crime three times. He does! And Kurt is not standing there recording it. So then, they get chased out of the house. He's getting a gun! They're in the car, and who calls? Oh, this is such an inconvenient time for Julia to call and demand phone sex. Like... (laughs) The, the whole thing is while he's trying to talk dirty to her on the phone, guess who bumps into the back of them? Harkin is in an SUV behind them, literally trying to run them off the road. And the whole time this whole sequence, this whole crazy car chase sequence is happening, that he is on the phone with Julia trying to pleasure her so that she'll get off the phone. My favorite thing he says to her, because she's like, come on, talk dirty to me, damn it. And he's just saying all the wrong things. Oh, this is the most cringy phone sex I've ever heard. <laughs> and my favorite is I'll spit on your arms and stuff. <laughs> That is in no way sexy, I'm sorry. I will go up and down on you,
2: and I'll rub my naked butt against your naked butt until it's raw and red, and we're both really chased up your bad.
0: The nav guide assistant, Atmanad, calls the police on them. Because the car's been in a collision, right? Yeah. So he pops up, like, clippy on your desktop, like, I see that you've been in an accident. You want me to call the police? parkin t-bones them gets them all out of the car with the gun and then you know what this insane person does oh my god he is pointing the 45 at him and he's like i got a
1: better idea i'm going to tell the cops that you killed pellet and when i found out you tried to kill me to shut me up that's crazy is it because i don't see one shred of evidence that proves that i shot pellet and besides i'm the guy with the bullet in his leg what
0: and then shoots himself in the leg i shit you not he wipes his fingerprints off the gun shoots himself in the leg and throws the gun at dale who of course catches it so now their fingerprints are on that murder weapon and that's that's the gun that killed bellet and then the police roll up oh god and i love the way that I just hate Harkin the way he goes, please protect me from these men. They shot me in the leg. I have a wife and a cat. It's the only time that Kevin space face got a laugh out of me the whole movie and all the three boys are like whoa, 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 wait a minute. He totally did this like here. Listen to this. We have the tape recorder It's been on the whole time and there's literally nothing on it, but ass noise Oh my god Kurt like between Kurt boning Mrs Harkin the car chase and the phone sex with Julia the tape has run out.
1: There's nothing on here Shit. That thing must have stopped
0: recording when we crashed.
1: Yeah, right before this guy supposedly confessed. I told you, these guys are liars. They cannot be trusted. They shot me in the leg. They killed a guy. He shot
2: himself! Right, I don't they... need
1: to hear anything else.
2: Cuff him.
0: Oh my they god. You don't need to cuff us because Oh, oh my god, we're going to jail. We're going to jail. And the cops are totally set to believe Harkin And they cuff Kurt, Nick, and Dale and They're like, oh my god, we're going to jail, we're going to jail We're, we're going to jail This is stupid, we did it <laughs> We we're did. We knew this was going to happen <laughs> Like, I, honestly, I cannot believe they thought They were going to get away with this And I just loved this moment where they're like, this is it And instead of deus es machina We have deus es matmanad I love that and I know, guys, listen, police I recorded everything, here it is Excuse me, officers I should
2: mention that it is Navguide policy to record all conversations for quality assurance. Who the hell is that? That's our Navguide rep. Uh, play what he said. Play it just after the crash. Very good, sir. Oh,
1: come on. You're not gonna listen to this. This isn't evidence. I got six bullets in this gun, which means I can shoot all of you twice, just like that bastard pellet.
0: I can't tell you how much I love that when that happened. They're so stupid. I know. They, they almost did not get away with this. These white men got so lucky. They haul off for the murder. He does, I I love that Nick mentions he only does 25 to life for it. For, and- for a blunt murder like that. I know, that's crazy. But here's the thing, he's also in the sequel. They ask him for advice in the sequel. Th- From jail. That's Oh, my God. That's, see, th- let's not talk about that right now. They said, as for Kurt, there's no law against putting things in your butt. And I'm like, but there is a law against trespassing? Yeah, no. So did they just forgive that? That's the thing. Because the boys led them to Harkin, the police really just dropped all the other charges against them. Nick has a new boss. Oh, my God. Guys, remember Elf? Remember when we did Elf? Bob Newhart. He's been with- You're righties. This is his second kicking and streaming appearance. Because he was with us when we did Elf. He's Papa Elf. He is Nick's new boss because Nick is now in Harkin's job. Nick is the Presidente. And the only person above him is the CEO- Mr. Sherman. Mr. Lou Sherman. Who is a- Twisted old fuck. Guys, he looks so nice at first. He presents so nicely. Like a, like a harmless old guy. And they walk by his trunk and you hear, Mr. Sherman, I'm sorry your coffee was cold. Mr.
2: Sherman, I'm hungry. Can I come out now, please? You hear that? No. Sounds like there's someone in your trunk. Nick, why don't we
1: let this be uh, our little secret?
2: Yeah. Turns out my new boss is a twisted old fuck.
0: Now we get to probably my favorite part of the movie. Oh my god, I have been waiting for this for an hour. So Dale is, is in the examination room with Julia. Dale is making her believe that he is ready to finally take the plunge and have sex with her and he's faking her out and I I just I love this so much because he says why don't we drill the patient gross and he lets her take the lead she starts taking this patient's pants off and guess what guys remember Kenny from the bar who would do anything for $50 it's Kenny he'll do
2: just about anything for 50 bucks yeah it's true yeah and it's not pretty but that's why I asked him to to help me frame you really Mm-hmm. Is this all you've
0: got? Your word against mine? Oh, don't forget about that guy. Say hi to my cameraman. He's filmed a lot of Hollywood hits. And then we reveal that Motherfucker Jones is outside taping the whole thing! <laughs> So she can't use it as her word against his now. They have her on tape doing it. And this is Dale's big moment. Do you love this or do you love this? He says that she is going to pay for him to take a very nice extended honeymoon vacation. And he goes, then
2: I'm going to return to a rape-free workplace, all right? Because if you so much as look at my sexy little ass, Julia... I will have yours locked the fuck
0: up, you crazy bitch whore. That felt good. like me now? like me now? like me now? Oh, that felt good. And then the movie just ends. <laughs> oh, that felt good. Guys. I love this credit song. How you like me now? Oh, you mean the one from the trailer? Yes. And the one from the various other movies and trailers? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. It's also from the Borderlands trailer, I shit you not. It's from the opening of Borderlands. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Guys, that was a ride. That was a problematic ride. It was a problematic ride. Guys, fuck the racist and rapist parts of the movie. Like, it's awful. We still laugh at it. There are some good moments, but... On the whole, that we could, if we could just cut some of that problematic shit out of there, that'd be great. That's the thing. I love the premise of this movie. I think it's great. I think it's, you know, well fleshed out. I don't want to say it could have been done more tastefully. Not oh. with these actors. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing. If we had any other combination of actors here, I would hate this entirely. Probably, I, yeah. I would not find it redeeming at all. It's one of those things where it's like, I hate it, but their chemistry is great. And they're so funny. It's just the writing. The writing's not good, and 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 the improving is not good. So I guess it is kind of their fault yeah. now that I think about it. No, but like just it's it's complicated. I one hundred percent believe they had one hundred percent fun. Making the movie. Yeah, I, that's what makes it enjoyable. I believe that. I, I I love seeing them like half crack up in every other scene. <laughs> I the only parts of this movie I hate are the rapist and Kevin Spacey and Bobby, the yeah. bosses. I hate the bosses. Oh wow. The movie did what it was supposed to do. <laughs> it made me hate the bosses. And Kurt. I hate Kurt. Yeah, absolutely. Can we just call it Nick and Dale's <laughs> Nick and Dale's fun adventure. murder adventure? Fun murder adventure. I don't know. All right, guys, as we said, we're going to be doing full ass films in the month of April. Carrie-Anne, are you ready to hear what our next selection is going to be? I'm just rippling with anticipation. Guys, next week, we will be covering the 2009 adventure comedy the hangover oh my lord i know we're both equally unexcited about it but (laughs) like no seriously i do want to talk about it because i think it's important to talk about how these movies that were fun in concept were super problematic i can remember we were all literally in middle school we were 13 and everybody was like oh my god you gotta go see it and i'm like 13-year-olds? Yeah. You know, we gotta go see it. What the hell? And I mean, we all found ways to watch it because it was talked about so widely. So I think we're going to have a whack conversation next week. I haven't seen it since I was a teenager, but I remember a lot of stuff about it that I was like, oh no. <laughs> all right, guys. So look out for that. In the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter at Kick and Stream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. You can write the show at kickingandstreamingpodcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. And don't forget, folks, practice the three R's. Rate, review, retweet. Rate, review, retweet, folks. Come and join our little watch party. More quality content coming to you from kicking and streaming. Until then, I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And as always, sorry, Mom! mom. Oh, man.